spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Lock It In, a sports betting show. Part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. This is Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe. What's going on, Cam Rogers, with you? Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Rogers99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers98. Full on NFL Week 5 breakdown, Thursday night football preview in a matter of moments. Anthony Armstrong will join me as well to talk NFL. NFL Week 5 predictions. I will pick every single game this week. And my best bets for the Shriners for Children's Open, of course, on the PGA Tour this weekend as well. Let's get to my Thursday night football preview. Colts, Broncos. The Broncos are laying three at home in Denver. It's fair to say these two teams have not met expectations so far this season. Matt Ryan looks old and Russell Wilson has been ineffective. In fact, Geno Smith, statistically speaking, is outplaying Russell Wilson so far this year. The Colts will not have Jonathan Taylor at the running back position. The Broncos will not have Javante Williams at the running back position as well. But for the Colts, with the lack of running game, this falls directly online with the strength of the Denver defense, ranking number eight in pass defense in terms of DVOA. So the Colts are going to try to throw the football. I don't know if they will have a lot of success doing that. It's going to be cold in Denver. The Colts are a dome team. Keep that in mind. I think this will be an ugly game. I would hammer the under in this matchup. 
But I think this defense tees off on Matt Ryan, creates some turnovers, and the Broncos will cover minus three on Thursday night football. The entire AFC West, by the way, is two and two. Who would have expected that through the quarter point of the NFL season? I certainly would not have. So there you go, my Thursday night breakdown. Coming up next, right here on Lock It In, former NFL wide receiver Anthony Armstrong. We'll talk about NFL Week 5. Keep it right here on Lock It In. And joining me now on Lock It In is former NFL wide receiver, now host, of course, of Believe in Commanders, Mr. Anthony Armstrong. Anthony, appreciate the time, sir. Hey, man. Thank you, Cam. I appreciate you having me. Um, Glad to join you. Glad to join you. You're doing a great job on the network and, of course, being a representative, of course, of Believe on all these radio and podcast appearances. So appreciate you doing that. Let's start with those commanders here, Anthony, coming off a loss to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. Just throw out your overall impressions of this team so far this season. Uh, You know, I think that if you take a step back, looking at the first quarter of the year, it probably where you could think the expectations were to be. I mean, you know, nobody knew what you were going to get when you started out the year and you have a good game, big win against Jacksonville. Everybody was riding high. I was up there too. And I said at the beginning of the season, it usually takes maybe four to six weeks to where, you know, team kind of can gel together and it's starting to see those bumps. I mean, these past three games, three losses, uh, against some some talented teams, you know, some teams that are out there that are putting up some points and, and playing good football. So uh, where they're at right now, still looking for an identity, still trying to find, you know, who they are. And with the return of Brian Robinson, it could be something that helps them actually get the identity that they wanted to start the season with. Uh, so still inconsistent, still some growth. Uh, there have been some splashes. Um, and with as many injuries that there are, there's no, we know that there's some improvement that can be made. Uh, so it's still, you know, the, the jury is still out on the team. Yeah. Let's talk about the quarterback in particular, Carson Wentz. He led the commanders to your point to a week one victory over the Jaguars. Hasn't looked as great since, especially in the turnover department. So is Carson Wentz the guy here, Anthony, as far as the immediate future or the intermediate future at the quarterback position, or is he more of a stopgap option for these commanders right now? I think that's still one of those ones where it's it's penciled in. You know, he's he's been brought in, and you, they're giving him the the opportunity to to show that he can be the guy. Um, and right now, you know, if you if you make the decision after four games, they're probably going to say no, he's not the guy. But if you're being real and you're going to be honest about it, the O-line is patchwork right now, a lot of injuries, and he's still getting used to some new teammates and to some new players. So you at least have to give him this year. You at least have to give him this year. Um, you know, I would love to see him settle down in the pocket a little bit. Um, he doesn't seem too comfortable back there, but when you get sacked with nine times a couple of weeks ago and then you just got done facing Dallas and Mike Parsons, I'd be a little tentative and nervous too. So uh, right now, it's too early to say I I wouldn't sit here and and think that yeah you know he's going to be the quarterback uh, for years and years to come it's too early for that there hasn't been enough uh, tape of him in in burgundy and gold to make that decision you mentioned Brian Robinson and I have to wonder Anthony if his absence is a big reason why these commanders don't seem to have an offensive identity as much as they want Antonio Gibson to be that bell cow back he simply is not JD McKissick more of a three down back 
So how desperate do you think, and if that's even the word to use, the commanders are to actually get Brian Robinson back, a talented running back, of course? Uh, desperate. I, I'm not going to say desperate, but definitely excited. You know, when you, whenever uh, I envision how Brian Robinson would be used to take the the brunt of the running game off of Antonio Gibson. Uh, when, now when you see AG in the game, most of the time they're attacking out on the edges. There is some inside runs, uh, but you're getting about three yards in a cloud of dust. Mm-hmm. You do that three times, you're punting the ball. So Brian Robinson is able to take that three yard gain, push it to four, push it to five yards. And I, I feel like he's going to bring a physical element to this team that is going to help the play action pass I mean, against Dallas. There was a lot of play action, uh, you know, plays that were ran, but the, the run hadn't been effective enough that the defense was really going to respect it. So when all of those things start to happen in line, it's, it just looks like a beautiful piece of uh, choreography. When, when everything's working at once, then you'll see the level of play elevated quarterback. There won't be as many turnovers. Uh, I, ideally the sacks can come down. Uh, so but having Brian Robinson back should help this offense move in a positive direction. All right. You mentioned it. One quarter mark here for the NFL season. Point blank. Can the commanders still make the playoffs? And what would your grade be so far for this team? Report. Uh, Man, I tell you, tough questions. Good questions. Report card wise, uh, I've got to give them a C minus. Give them a C minus. Like I said, still early in the year. uh, And I feel like they've shown more. They found more ways to lose games and they found some ways to improve, but they just found more ways to kind of beat themselves up most recently, just a lot of penalties against Dallas. I think they started the game out really well against those guys. Um, so there's C minus, C minus, but they're, they're trending in a wrong direction, unfortunately. Uh, but can they make the playoffs? They can. Uh, it's going to have to go on a hell of a run. Uh, you have to really forget what they've done in the past four weeks, and it has to be a whole new team for this final uh, stretch of games. So can they make it? Yes. But the rest of the division is making it very difficult. I mean, to see three teams, all, you know, three wins, three wins and four wins ahead of you, you're two games behind the second place team. Uh, that makes it difficult. It's an uphill right. battle, but yeah, I feel like the NFCs could potentially send three teams in and uh, Washington has to do some work to get there. Talking with Anthony Armstrong, former NFL wide receiver here on Lock It In. Let's talk about the NFC East from a macro perspective. And let's start with a factual statement, Anthony. Uh, The NFC East is the winningest division in football through four weeks. Not the AFC West, not the NFC West. When I say that, what is your reaction about this NFC East performance so far one quarter in? I'm impressed overall. I'm really impressed. And I, th- I think the, uh, the darling of the, of the dance would be the Giants, honestly. Nobody expected them to, to come out to this 3-1 start and, and look good. And, and their MVP has to be uh, Saquon Barkley. His return to the field has been electric. He shows that he is that guy. He's that dude. And he can, he can still play at a high level. It took him a little bit to get, get the confidence in that knee coming off of that ACL and he's showing up and showing out. I mean, the Giants were without two quarterbacks and they just ran wildcat (laughs) for a while and he still was able to be productive. So uh, the NFC East, it's good to see that type of football back in that division. Uh, I mean, a couple years back when Washington won the division, I mean, seven to nine, it's not sexy, but hey, you get to put a banner up, but now you have some teams that are all competing, they're all winning. It's good for the NFL when the NFC is looking good. Let's talk about these Eagles here. Jalen Hurts absolutely balling out. That defense is ferocious with uh, Graham and company, Fletcher Cox. 
What do you think about these Eagles? Are they legit Super Bowl contenders or is this 4-0 record a little bit of a fluke? No, that's not a fluke, man. That's all truth. I mean, the way they finished last season, uh, they picked up with that same momentum, and you have to give all the credit to Jalen Hurts. Uh, the guy has really elevated his gameplay. He's taken total control over this offense, over this team, and they've done a great job of building around him. So, I mean, he's essentially the chef, and they said, you know what? We're getting rid of this 80-20 ground beef. We're bringing in some Wagyu, and what are you going to do with it? I mean, they got A.J. Brown, a great addition, and they already have Devontae Smith, and he's found a way to utilize each of those guys in different games and get wins being down against a really tough Jacksonville team mm -hmm. and then come back and get that victory it shows that this team has some character they have some some grit about them it's going to carry them long uh, long into this season and probably deep into the playoffs okay we'll see what happens with Philly going forward a lot of two and two NFL teams here Anthony so I want to play a little bit of a game of contender versus pretender and feel free to kind of expand upon each of these teams here. And I want to start with the team in my backyard, my team, the Baltimore Ravens, who have looked good all year long, despite the two and two record, just giving up these crazy comeback losses here. Ravens are two and two contender or pretender. That's a contender all day. I mean, the way Lamar Jackson is playing, he's changed his gameplay. I mean, I feel like he's this is a totally different guy. This is not what everybody expected. He's, he's throwing the ball to receivers and just spreading the ball around, putting up a lot of yards. They'll get they'll they'll, they'll figure out the late game losses. They're not getting blown out. They're playing good football. So definitely a contender. Okay, some other teams here. We talked about them earlier. The Jacksonville Jaguars. This is interesting because this also factors in the AFC South and everybody else kind of stinks. So the Jaguars by default, they could be contenders. What do you say about them? They're a contender. They're a contender. I mean, they, they played some good football. That week one loss against Washington, you go back and look at the tape. Trevor Lawrence missed some wide open plays that should have been touchdowns, and they probably should have won that game. So they're contenders. It's a good team, and it is fortunate that the rest of that division is trash. Yeah, that's one way to put it for sure. Seattle Seahawks. They're letting Geno cook right now, Anthony. I mean, shootout victory last week against the Lions. What do we make of them? Two and two. Man, I tell you, that is a surprise contender. It's a surprise contender because I feel like the biggest question mark was that quarterback position. And Geno Smith has brought some stability and calm uh, to that team. Now they can spread the ball to DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, run the ball and get back to what they want to do. They don't have to worry about what's going to happen in the backfield. Is, is he going to try to scramble out? That's definitely a contender, surprise contender, though, but they're real. Okay, so Cleveland Browns, two and two. Deshaun Watson at some point going to come back here. So that gives them that hope. Are they contenders or pretenders? Man, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, right on the cusp. My initial thought is that they are, they are pretenders. It, it, it is just, just because I feel like Cleveland just ends up having bad luck. I don't know. I, they, I, I love the city. I know that they deserve a winner, but I feel like the, the way that Cleveland goes, they're going to be a pretender. Uh, and Baltimore's playing really well, uh, so it makes it pretty tough. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say pretender. Seems like the Bengals are starting to find their stride a little bit as well. So getting back to their football from a year ago. Okay, let's look ahead to Week Five. I want to start with the Commanders, of course. 
They've got the Titans at home. This phrase is always thrown around, Anthony. Must win, or is it not a must win? Margin for error or not? All the players, of course, in Washington uh, will say that it is a must win. What say you? Is it a must win, and who wins? No, it's a must win for sure. It really is. This is getting to the point, like I said, we, like we already addressed, the NFC East is they're building a lead in front of you. They're, they're stacking up Ws. Uh, you have to get this win. And, and to be able to do it against an opponent that's not in the division, it, it's, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air. You, know, you only have to see these guys once every so often. It doesn't mean they're any, you know, they're slouches. I mean, you got Derrick Henry, one of the best backs in the league. So it's going to be a tough challenge. Uh, but I think if, if Washington can handle the run, and 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 really slow down Derrick Henry and, and force Tyler uh, Tyler Ryan Tannehill to make him throw the ball around. I think that's going to give them the best chance. I don't think you're going to just you know completely take Derrick Henry out of the game, but you got to make Ryan Tannehill throw the ball around and try to get the ball to those young receivers. I think Washington they're going to fight, they're going to scratch, they're going to claw. Uh, I think they can win. They can win by one point. Yeah, I agree with you. The Titans got the win last week against the Colts, but how good are the Colts really considering their season so far? The rest of the NFC East has a really difficult list of opponents here. Let's start with the London game. Packers, Giants. This is a litmus test, if you will, for the Giants taking on Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. How do you see that one playing out in London? I think that you have to give the hat tip to Aaron Rodgers simply because, I mean, he is that guy uh, having much more experience uh, than Daniel Jones. And you got to think the Packers are a much better team, uh, but not that much better. Their defense is going to be able to carry them in this matchup uh, because I think they'll be able to slow down Saquon Barkley enough. And Daniel Jones himself isn't going to be able to lift that Giants team over the Packers. It'll be a shootout, though. I think Brian Dable is definitely going to be in line for Coach of the Year, hmm. uh, the way that he's got these guys playing right now. So it'll be a shootout. This could be one of those, you know, 42-35, 38-35 games. But I think Green Bay wins it. Uh, they take a little cheese over there to London. Okay. Hammer the over, says Anthony. We'll see about that one in London. Dallas, Los Angeles. The Cowboys are three and one. The Rams are two and two. If you told me that was the case with Cooper Rush at quarterback, I would have told you you're crazy, but here we are Cowboys on the road. Is this a get right game perhaps for the Rams who have looked shaky, especially on that offensive line? You would think so. I mean, I know that Sean McVay, he, he wants to set the standard and play at a high level. I mean, the entire division is two and two. So this would be a good win to try to, to stack something up uh, outside of the division. But I think that Dallas just has something going with Cooper Rush at quarterback. They look like a different team. I feel like Kellen Moore is ticking on a different wavelength when he has Cooper Rush in there. And, and a lot of defenses aren't prepared for what they're presenting uh, so I'm going to say that Dallas can win this game they'll they'll beat uh, they'll beat uh, the Rams probably be by three I think the spread was like four so mm -hmm. uh, I think they'll go ahead and get that W all right good game there 425 Eastern time and then also at the same time Eagles and Cardinals battle of the birds here and listen Anthony I mean it's the National Football League nobody is going undefeated anymore it's just too hard in the salary cap era you gotta lose a game at some point could this be the week the Eagles kind of fall back on the road lose to the Cardinals uh, the fact that it's on the road is going to be the, the biggest detriment but I, I feel like Jalen Hurts is just playing at another level I think they're going to be able to they're going to be able to operate on offense just fine. Uh, being able to slow down Kyler Murray is going to be the biggest test, but I think that defense, they're just so talented. 
they they bring so much on the uh, in the front seven. You seem like they're interchangeable pieces. And then on that back end, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, they're going to be able to cover whatever receivers uh, that line up for the Cardinals. So uh, to go ahead and take the take Philly on this one, they're going to move to five five and zero after this game. But I mean, you got to think about it too. This is the Cliff Kingsbury reunion, hmm. the OU quarterback reunion, Texas high school football, just all this culmination in one thing. But Jalen Hurts will take the dub over Kyler Murray this week. Yeah, that's a great storyline. By the way, the Eagles offensive line, probably the best in the NFL, and not enough people are talking about it, playing really, really good in the run game in the pass protection game so far this year. Okay, Anthony, let's talk about wide receivers as a fellow wide receiver here. So many good players these days. Of course, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, down the list from there, A.J. Brown. If you had to pick one, who is the best wide receiver in the NFL and why? Ooh, the best. Is there like an age range that I'm working with or I'm just picking the the best out there? The best out there who's currently an NFL player. My goodness. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to give my hat tip to Tyreek Hill. Okay. I'm going to give it to him. I, I, before I used to withhold that judgment just simply because I was like, well, you have Patrick Mahomes who can throw it a country mile and you're fast enough to get to anything eventually you'll catch it. So, you know, I'm like, you know, it, what type of guy is he? But now that he's been to Miami and he's still been able to be productive, I know that a lot of that's on the play caller, but he's still been able to put up numbers. Uh, even with Jalen Waddle on the other side, putting up some numbers, he's elevated that team uh, to, to a new level. So I'm going to say Tyree Kill is at the top, but it's close. I mean, it's so close that you, you can, you can almost make an argument for three or four guys, you know, but top one, two or three, probably pretty clear cut. Uh, I would love to put Devontae Adams up there. Mm-hmm. But right now, I mean, the, the connection in, in Las Vegas is not working. So if you go skill set, oh, let me not let me not disrespect my man, Stefan Diggs. I'm sorry. I was going to go mention back. him. <laughs> I'm going to rewind. I'm going to rewind. I'm going to stay in the AFC East, but Stefan Diggs is playing out of his mind. He is playing out of his mind. He has a great connection with his quarterback. Those two guys are cooking together. So Stefan Diggs would be number one. I'll give Tyreek Hill number two. I agree with you there. Go Terps on that one. Absolutely. All right. I always love asking this question of NFL wide receivers. Of course, a lot of cornerbacks have gone through the NFC East throughout the years here. So Anthony, the toughest corner you ever faced as a player. The toughest corner, man. You know, so I feel like the, 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 the toughest matchups I've always had have been on the team where you see them every day at practice because you, you use all of your moves and you know each other. So, I mean, every time I would go against like a Brandon Carr or mm-hmm. D'Angelo Hall, like those guys, those would be tough matchups because we've always been against each other. I, I mentioned that. Uh, Sterling Moore is another name that people don't even talk much about. He's now an assistant DB coach with New Orleans. Uh, this guy, you got to give him some respect. He would line up against the team's best receiver and actually play a really good game, but nobody ever talked about it. So Sterling uh, was really good. But if I give, if I would have to say the, the, the guy that actually made me kind of have feel have a little fanboy experience, if you will, is when I lined up against Charles Woodson. Um, and I was pretty excited about that. And then uh, actually got a, uh, drew a flag there's a little pass interference so <laughs> that's my that's my little claim to fame he was like man you know that one the penalty I was like yeah I know I know sir but I'm gonna take it I'm gonna take it right now so we won that game too we won that game shout out to Charles 
There you go. Yeah, one of the greats. Absolutely. Okay, like I talked about, we are one quarter of the way through the NFL season. Did you have an official Super Bowl pick preseason? And if so, has that changed or are you going to stick with it? Man, I tell you, I don't think I had an official one. I think some of my favorites were Buffalo. I felt like Buffalo was riding high and they're still looking pretty good. Last couple of weeks, they've, they've had a couple of chinks, but you know, that's going to happen in this league. You mentioned earlier, nobody, nobody's really, nobody's going to go undefeated anymore. And with as much tape and as much studying that you do, you're going to catch on to what some people do, you know, after a while and, and they're going to take losses. But when the teams that are still riding high, when it gets late into the season, those are the ones that are going to really make an impact. I think Buffalo, they're off to a great start. Um, they've got a great, you know, just overall, the way Gabriel Davis is being extremely productive, um, you know, as that number two receiver and Stefan Diggs is still being able to eat. They're a dangerous team, really dangerous team, and the defense is good. So Buffalo is probably the one that's going to get their uh, win, and those, those fans deserve it for sure. They really do. They're so easy to root for, that is for sure. Four Super yes. Bowls straight and then losing all four so they deserve a super bowl victory at some point wrapping up here with anthony armstrong former nfl wide receiver anthony i appreciate the time sir where can the people find you man check me out on twitter follow me over there mr armstrong 13 uh you can hit, find me on instagram too rated armstrong uh holler at me man love to have a conversation absolutely anthony armstrong joining lock it in appreciate the time sir yes sir have a good one next Ken. Plenty of more content right here on Lock It In. I am predicting every single NFL Week 5 game right here on the program. Plus, talking about this week's PGA Tour event, the Shriners for Children's Open, I will give out my best bets for that tournament as well. You're listening to Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe. We will be right back. Welcome back to Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Hope you are enjoying the show so far. Coming up right now, my NFL Week 5 predictions. I already predicted tonight's game between the Colts and the Broncos. I will go through the rest of the Week 5 slate right here on Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Again, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 want to give a shout out to my guy Adam Buskey who just recently celebrated a birthday this week happy birthday to you Buskey hope it's been a great week for you and if you want to make some money listen to my picks right here on lock it in my record so far straight up 36 27 and one of course that one tie from week one against the spread below 500, unfortunately 30 and 34, but pretty good so far straight up this year. Let's keep it going with a London game. Again, the Giants, the Packers, the Packers are laying eight and a half in this one. Set your alarms, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. The Packers barely squeaked out a win at home against Brian Hoyer and Bailey Zappi. That's concerning for me. The Giants have looked pretty solid so far, thanks in part to Saquon Barkley, who probably is the best running back in the NFL right now. The Packers seem to not be built to blow out teams this year just because of the lack of firepower on the offensive side. But still, 
I think the Giants may be fool's gold. They're three and one right now, but they haven't really been tested yet. This is a test. I think the Packers cover this number minus eight and a half. Let's get to the Seahawks and the Saints. The Saints are laying six at home. Geno Smith is cooking right now. In fact, statistically speaking, he's outplaying Russell Wilson so far this season. Seattle is four and two ATS in its last six games. Home field advantage used to be a thing in New Orleans, especially during the Drew Brees era. That is no longer the case. New Orleans is one and six straight up in its last seven home games. That's not good. Jameis Winston should be back at the quarterback position. Alvin Kamara should be back at the running back position as well. I think the Saints get right here against Seattle. Seattle's defense is awful. They gave up a ton of points last week. I don't think Seattle really is a good team. I just don't. And so for them to win two straight, I don't see it happening. I don't see them covering in this matchup either. The Saints bounce back. They cover minus six. The Texans and the Jaguars. The Jaguars are over a touchdown favorite, minus seven and a half. You better believe this team is legit. I think they may end up winning the AFC South this year. But interestingly, the Jaguars have lost eight straight games against the Texans, dating back to 2017. That is bad. Will the streak end? I thought the Colts were going to break the losing streak in Jacksonville this year. That didn't happen, but I do think this streak in particular will end. I think the Jaguars win this game outright, but the Texans are 4-1 and one ATS in their last five games against Jacksonville. So I do expect Houston to cover, but the Jaguars win outright. Steelers, Bills, the Bills are laying 14 points in this one. The Kenny Pickett era has begun, and it's certainly not an easy first place to start here for Pickett in Buffalo against perhaps the best team in the NFL. The Bills coming off a win over Baltimore on the road. The Steelers lost at home to the Jets. They're not winning this football game, so the question is, can they cover that 14 number? I say no. The Bills are getting healthier in the secondary. Everything is coming together well for them right now. Josh Allen seems unstoppable. This number should be like 17 and a half, to be frank with you. Kenny Pickett threw three interceptions last week as well. So I think the Bills cover this number minus 14. Falcons and Buccaneers, the Buccaneers are laying nine points in this one. The Bucs are hoping to not fall to 0-3 at home this year. Of course, those two losses, the Packers and the Chiefs, pretty much understandable there. Luckily, the Bucs own the Falcons of late. They're 5-1 and one straight up in their last six games against Atlanta. So I would expect a lot of points, by the way, in this one. The total has hit the over in seven of Tampa Bay's last eight games against Atlanta. So lots of points always between these two. Interestingly, despite the offense that the Bucks have on paper, they're averaging fewer yards per play than the New York Giants. I think that changes, though, a little bit here this week against Atlanta. The Falcons are a great running team. 
but they will be without Cordero Patterson in this football game. He is on IR. The Bucks' last three wins over the Falcons by 13 points, 23 points, 17 points. I think the Bucks cover minus nine in this one. Bears and Vikings. The Vikings are laying seven at home. Simply put, this Bears offense is tough to watch, even as a non-Bears fan. The Vikings are 4-1 and one ATS in their last five games against Chicago. The Bears are 0-6 ATS in their last six games against NFC North opponents. Need I say any more? There's nothing that indicates to me that the Bears are going to keep this game close. Way too many weapons on the offensive side for the Vikings here. And Matt Eberflus clearly doesn't trust Justin Fields to throw the football. The Bears throw the ball on only 37.9% of plays, which is the lowest mark in the NFL by 7%. Vikings cover minus 7. Titans and Commanders. The Commanders are home dogs in this one. Classic Colts to lose to the Titans last week when they were favored. I mean, we all saw that one coming. At least I did. I think this is a good spot, though, for the Commanders to pick up a win at home. I really don't think Tennessee is that good of a team. And the only way the Commanders lose this football game, and it's possible through this route, if you will, Carson Wentz turns the ball over repeatedly, and it gives short fields for Derrick Henry on the offensive side for Tennessee. I'm going to bet that won't happen. Carson Wentz plays a good game against a bad secondary in Tennessee. Commanders win this game outright on the money line. Dolphins and Jets. The Jets are home dogs coming off a win against the Steelers. Teddy Bridgewater will get the start at quarterback for Miami, Bridgewater is a veteran quarterback. Actually very good at covering, by the way, as well. The Jets are 1-6 ATS in their last seven after a straight-up win. The Jets are not a good team, despite having two wins. They rank 25th in total team DVOA this season, while the Dolphins rank second in team offense. I'll go with Miami here. Even with Bridgewater at the quarterback position, they will cover minus three. Chargers, Browns. The Browns are getting two and a half in this one. Kevin Stefanski is one and one. ATS as a home underdog. The Chargers are one and three. ATS as road favorites under Brandon Staley. The Browns can't stop the run. They're 30th in rush DVOA, so I expect a lot of Austin Eckler and Sony Michelle in this one for the Chargers. I love that this number is less than a field goal, so I will confidently pick the Chargers to cover in this one, minus two and a half. The Browns have too many flaws on defense. The Chargers have a lot of good electricity if you will, no pun intended, on the offensive side. I think the Chargers get this done. They cover minus two and a half. Lions, Patriots. The Patriots are actually favorites at home, minus three. The Lions are averaging a league best 436.8 yards per game. The Patriots are two, six, and one ATS in their last nine games, even still. I think the Patriots win this game outright. I think they put together a good game plan 
against Jared Goff and this Lions offense, which probably will not have DeAndre Swift and possibly Amon Ross St. Brown at wide receiver. Lions cover plus three, so this will be a close game, but the Patriots win this game outright. 49ers, Panthers. The Panthers are at home getting six and a half in this one. The 49ers may be the number one seed in the NFC, perhaps the number two seed after their performance against the Rams on Monday night football. You may be thinking this might be a letdown game, but in their last six games, as at least a six-point favorite, the 49ers are five and one ATS. This 49ers defense will feast on this Panthers offense. Baker Mayfield has been horrible. 49ers cover minus six and a half. Eagles and Cardinals. Cardinals are getting five at home in this one. The Eagles are going to lose a football game at some point. I don't think it happens this week. The Cardinals don't have an identity on the offensive side, and their defense, especially on third down, is horrible. I still think the Cardinals will put up points, so they cover that plus-five number, but the Eagles get this victory on the road. They run the football effectively. That offensive line is fantastic. Give me the Eagles outright, but the Cardinals to cover, plus-five. Cowboys and Rams, the Rams need a bounce back game here. They are laying five at home, taking on Cooper Rush again for the Dallas Cowboys. Sounds like Dak Prescott will come back next week. The Cowboys have been winning ugly, averaging the fifth fewest points, 17.8 on offense so far this year. The Rams are 5-0 and straight up in their last five games against the NFC. The Rams will win this game outright. I think they cover that five number as well. Too many offensive weapons for the Rams and the Cowboys. I don't think Cooper Rush can really keep up with Matt Stafford in this one. The Rams have to run the football way better, though. The offensive line has to run block better, and that creates the play action there for Los Angeles. Bengals and Ravens. The Ravens are laying three on Sunday night football. The Ravens are way better than this 2-2 two and two record. They had a lead going into the fourth quarter. In every single game, they should be 4-0. Lamar Jackson is having an MVP type of season. And frankly, there are still concerns on the offensive line for the Bengals. Even though they beat the Dolphins on Thursday night football, I think the Ravens get after Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon can't find any room to run on that offensive line. The run blocking is bad. So I think the Ravens create these third and long situations for the Bengals. This should be a shootout. I would go with the over, but the Ravens cover in this one, minus three. And then finally, Monday night football, Raiders, Chiefs. The Chiefs are laying seven points in this one. The Chiefs dominated the series last year, blowing out the Raiders twice. The Raiders are one and three against the spread this season. Two things working against Las Vegas. Number one, the Raiders rank 21st in the NFL in yards per play allowed and 23rd in points allowed this season. The Raiders have to get the ground game going this week, but the Chiefs are fabulous there. Fifth in rush DVOA. Put those two things together. I think the Chiefs win this game, no problem. They will cover that minus seven number. There you go. My week five NFL expert picks right here on Lock It In. Keep it right here. Coming up next, my best bets for the Shriners Children's Open. You are listening to Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Keep it right here.
Welcome back to Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe. Okay, let's get to my best bets for this week's PGA Tour event, the Shriners Children's Open, TPC Summerlin, Las Vegas. Let's get to it. It should be another birdie fest. My outright pick, Emiliano Grillo who has gained with his putter in six straight events, coming off a ball-striking clinic at the Sanderson Farms Championship, where he led the field in greens in regulation, finished inside the top 10 there that week. So I will go with Grio to win. A couple of top 10 finishes for you. Taylor Montgomery. We are now at six straight top 10s on either the PGA Tour or the Corn Ferry Tour Montgomery is a Vegas resident as well. He should know this golf course. I think he is close to a breakthrough victory on the PGA Tour, but certainly a lock for a top 10 this week. Also, Tom Hoagie opened with a T12 at Silverado, five for six here with three top 25 finishes. This is a second shot golf course and Hoagie, is one of the best on tour with his irons. Also a top 20 for you, Matthew Neesmith. Right now, a perfect combination of recent form and course history. Top 10 last week, really good ball striking performance. And at TPC Summerlin, he's gone T18, T8, T14 with a scoring average of 67. Matthew Neesmith, top 20, lock it in. My best bets for this week's PGA Tour event, the Shriners Children's Open. You have been listening to Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good luck to your bets this week. NFL Week 5 is upon us. Thursday night football and a lot of fun games this weekend as well. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99, continue the conversation and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.